Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we are getting geeked for the release of Spider-Man Far From Home as we reveal the runtime, the Rotten Tomato score, and early reviews. We got details of what exactly we'll see added in to the Avengers Endgame re-release, and we take a look back 30 years to the summer of Batmania and discuss the impact of the 1989 Batman movie. Plus, learn about Spider-Man's connection to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, June 27th, 2019. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd yeah that's right what's up listener how's it going and welcome to the jock and nerd podcast giving you comic book and superhero tv and movie News, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. What's up, you felty fra-fru? Free? Fra-fru? Fuck. You want to do that over again? This is going great. No. <laughs> no. I think you blew it, Imran. I think I did. I, I couldn't come That's up. That's the first time you've blown an open. I stumbled. I stumbled on the F. You don't get any redos. For, for, I, can't, I don't have any coins. I can't do a Learning? redo. Fl- you fabulous. What are you trying to say? I, you know, I don't know. My brain went in like seven different directions in that one moment that it all See, this just is a game that if you don't get up. If you, this is the first time you ever listened to the show. What Imran usually does is he introduces me with some kind of thing that I'm supposed to now. He hands me the ball, basically, and I'm supposed to run with it. And he failed this time. I forgot to now think I have no balls. of a ball. Was, my balls was hot. That's what happened. Anyways. Right. Good save, everybody. <laughs> uh, remember last week we talked about the weather and I was like, it's June and it's cold and this sucks. Right. It, well, warm. today I went out for lunch and it was like 90 degrees and I was like, you know what? Fuck this too. Oh, shit. I can't. What happened to the in-between? I can't. My driving hand, because of the vitiligo, I came back in the office and it was like bright pink and radiating heat. What about your pimp hand? My pimp hand was my other side, so that was safe. In, that was in, good. It's still you gotta pale. keep your pimp hand strong that and moist. Pimp hand strong. Yeah. Well, now it's hot as fuck, and it's there's a storm, and I just can't win. Uh, screw you, Mother Nature. Uh, before we start, you guys, I have uh, some audio I want to share. Uh, here now, a special message from the President of the United States. You know what I love, apart from playing golf and cheating on my wives, is the Jock and Nerd podcast. Those guys are so fantastic and so incredible, you've got to check them out. I absolutely <laughs> love them. Let's make podcasts great again. Oh, shit. Jock and Nerd. Wow, something I can actually <laughs> agree on with POTUS. Unbelievable, guys. What do you think? Uh, the POTUS listens. The president of the United <laughs> States listens to the Jock and Nerd podcast. 
sure. I think why that's not? highly unlikely. We're not Fox News, so I don't know why he would listen. <laughs> I don't think he likes comic books. I don't think he can read them. I don't think he has a sense of humor. I know. I don't hands think are he too can... small to yes, hold them. Yes, he needs someone to flip yes. the pages. We've got these tidy hands. No, of course, this is another submission from a listener from Cameo.com. That was uh, Danny Posthill, who is a comedy impressionist who has been on Britain's Got Talent. That was a British dude. Wow. What'd you think of the impression? Let's. Uh, I'm still waiting for Danny Cooksey to make a oh, cameo Danny for Cooksey us. will be good. Budnick? <laughs> uh, if you had to rate Danny Posthill's uh, Trump, what'd you guys think? Was that, was, that a, was that good? Well, yeah. For a guy named Danny Posthill, yes. I think that it was pretty good. <laughs> I, I would go seven. Okay, seven, seven out of seven. Good. Yeah. I, I was laughing. Yeah, it got you. Good work. Thanks for that cameo. Uh, let's get to the news. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. I think this is the first cameo where we actually did that guy a favor by putting it on our show. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's a very, if you look up Danny Postel, he's a very inexpensive cameo. Let's just say yeah. it's not going to be uh, cost a what lot you of money. What do for $10? Yeah. So, you know, for the money, the entertainment value is huge <laughs> for the price of that. Uh, I can put the video. I'll put a link to the video in the show notes also. Uh, you guys, we are uh, a mere days away from Spider-Man Far From Home. Geek Motor. Uh, we'll come out the week this show posts Tuesday, July 2nd. A Tuesday, really? It's a Tuesday release because 4th of July is on Thursday. And they're going to oh. have a six-day opening weekend window to make, shit shit to make the monies. And they might make a lot of monies. But uh, a lot of things came out this week ahead of the movie. The red carpet premiere was yesterday. You can watch it online. Uh, the runtime has been revealed. The movie will be 129 minutes or two hours, nine minutes. Uh, this apparently, I didn't know there was a theory that the total runtime of the MCU, the whole first three phases, was going to be 3,000 minutes. Some fan theory. And actually, this runtime takes it to exactly 3,000 minutes of Marvel uh, geeky goodness. It's a lot of minutes. Morgan Stark was right. I love you 3,000. I love you 3,000. I don't know. Do you think that's a coincidence, that line? I heard Robert Downey Jr., that's what he says to his children. And he kind of put it in there. I don't know. But it's weird that this number 3,000 keeps popping up. Well, Andre 3,000 did it did it first. Andre 3,000, a big boy, outcast. Yeah. Yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Anthony, you an outcast fan? They're not relevant. Bombs over Baghdad. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like outcast. Uh, what else came out? The Rotten Tomatoes score for Spider-Man Far From Oh, let me guess. Uh, Disney owns Fandango. Well, and Fan- Do they really? Uh, yes. Well, and- yeah. Fandango owns rot- Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Oh. And Disney owns Fandango? Do they really? Yeah. Do they? Oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. just making it up. Probably. Oh, he said that with such confidence. No, I, I think it's true. <laughs> I'm not sure. You can look it up. Listener, look, we'll it, look up. it up. Let us know who. I'll look uh, it up right now. Right, Because Fandango owns, owns Rotten Tomatoes. Who owns Fandango? Anyways. No, I, don't, I don't think. So. No, I think that's wrong. <laughs> it's a good guess, right? Like Comcast and AT&T own Fandango. Oh, that's not shady at all either. I don't know. Uh, since they're big media companies. Uh, certified Fresh at 91%. Geek Boner. And 7.45 out of 10. Reviews have just started coming out. So the numbers have been fluctuating up and down. This is 96 reviews counted. Uh, in but have you guys checked out some of the early reviews for the movie? I, I just saw one. Yeah. What, what did you take away from it? It was owned by Disney at one point. Oh, it was? Mm. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Okay. You're right. 
I just saw one by Chris Stuckman. Oh, okay. I like his yeah, reviews. Yeah, yeah. A very measured take. I, okay. I, I mean, it was good. Uh, he, he's the thing about um, at least his reviews are the ones that I do watch online. They're very, especially now with Marvel, they're very non like like they don't even talk about the plot at all. Yeah. I guess the wave of backlash, if you even reveal anything, is oh, so hard. Oh, I see. That, so they're very vague books. So it's very tough vague. to even. Yeah, I mean, it's other than being like. Yeah, he thinks it's good. I yeah. can't really get into why he thinks it's good or details or anything that would make you excited other than, yep, he thinks it's good. Interesting. I like him. I like the Jeremy Johns also. Jeremy Johns is too over top for me. I love his delivery, though. He's fun. <laughs> if I'm going like. to go over the top, I like Movie Bob. Movie Bob the, is also great. The best great. reviewer yeah. Yeah. out there yeah. is Dan Merle. Oh, who's he? I haven't checked him. Uh, he is from Collider. Uh, no, not from not Collider. Collider. That's a bunch of other He's people. He's from, um, they just changed to Fandom Entertainment okay. or something. Okay, It was at one point Screen Junkies. Oh, that oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, that guy's good, too. He's like one of the most. He does like the box office report, so he he's analytical. He knows all about that stuff, but he he's very discerning and he's very like critical too. And his criticisms are usually echo a lot of the things that I think. So if you don't like what I say, go to him. He's he's usually on the money. I don't agree with him with everything. I would say about seventy five percent of the time I agree with him. Rugs, have you seen any of these early reviews? Or are you trying to stay away from it? I mean, I know they're all awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I'm just skimming them. I don't want to. Who's going to shit it. on a Spider-Man movie? But Nobody. like, you know, a high score is a lot of people giving it five out of five, saying it's better than Homecoming. It's the best Spider-Man movie yet. It's possible. <laughs> all it's this a hyperbole. It is, I mean, like, I'm hoping that it's good. It's gotten me more excited. I didn't want to walk in with like that expectation of, oh, I'm going to watch the best Spider-Man movie I mean, ever. We've been here before yes. many a time. Yes, it's hard not there to. There was one thing that I caught in a review in by Stuckman, and then also by. A friend yeah. where they basically said, there's something I really want to talk about, but I can't talk about I've it. I've heard that awesome. a lot. Yeah, that the last there's like crazy twists at the end. and or some, something, ha- something is revealed or some sort of tease or something like that. You know, they said Pete, uh, Tom Holland really. I have a guess for it. This is just my guess. Okay. You want, should we do uh, her fake <laughs> spoiler alert? What's yeah, your guess? Fake spoiler, fake spoiler This is a guess. Okay. I, I swear to God, if this is true, don't oh my fucking God. kill okay. me. This is before the movie comes out, listener. We're documenting yeah. it. I think they tease the multiverse, and there's some sort of, um, what's Toby Maguire oh, or no, sort of like, oh, yeah, oh, like that. This is all connected. Oh, there's some weird. There's something weird going on there. You, I think that's. I think that's. You might get a peek at like Sam Raimi Spider Man. Holy shit! Because you know they just skipped over the Andrew Garfield. I don't even think they consider. Yeah, well, I, I mean, look, it is that would be Sony owned by Sony, amazing. and Sony right. can do that. Sony's the only one that can. Yeah, do that. that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and oh. they're opening up the idea of the multiverse. And uh, what's his name has been talking? Tom Holland has been dropping shit like that uh, in various interviews. So oh, that would be my guess. I mean, it's it, this. It could be that, or it could be really shitty. Like, oh, and there is a venom. A venom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a venom what tease. <laughs> oh, there's, there's Tom Hardy in the what, background. I couldn't think of his name, yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Oh, well, and over here, there's uh, what's the guy's name? Jared Leto playing Morbius. Oh shit! No, don't <laughs> I, do that. I think it could be any of those things, and a tease for the Green Goblin. Oh, uh, I man. like the Green Goblin too. You know, or Sinister Six, or maybe something. he moves into the new the Avengers man, the new Avengers building, and it's uh, Oscorp now. Look, it's you know it's oh, no. Mysterio, so things aren't going to be what they are. Uh, the whole movie could be a fake out. Like none of this shit happened. Right. <laughs> he could easily do that. Uh, Kevin Feige had some comments about 
confirming this is the end of phase four and what was going through his mind when they decided to plan it this way. He said the relationship between Peter Parker and Tony Stark is so special over the five films that Tom Holland has portrayed Spider-Man in the MCU that we needed to see where his journey went and see how does Spider-Man step out of the shadow of his mentor, Tony become the true hero that he was always meant to be. And it's for that reason that Endgame and Spider-Man far from home are essentially two pieces of the same story. And it's not over yet until Spider-Man far from home. But I've seen some reviews saying this is way more than just an epilogue. This is uh it's a really fun blockbuster summer, you know, teen drum rom-com action movie and the thing about tom holland is so likable he's done things like uh there's a video out where he like this girl was getting crushed by fans looking for his autograph and he like came to help her and stuff and people just like him and he's really got the advantage of having playing spider-man in the most amount of movies anybody has played a spider-man oh, the fourth right this is yeah the fourth. yeah no. and i think uh it's contract i think there's one more uh, which will be the third spider-man movie but he's had so much screen time this peter parker that like this is Becoming the definitive fucking Spider-Man. And the projections for the box office seem to reflect that. Another interesting thing on uh, is the uh, what they're calling the endgame effect mm. that this movie might see. Because they are re-releasing the Bring Back Edition Avengers Endgame tomorrow, June 28th. Uh, this one company is tracking this to be a six-day, $170 million opening. Oh, shit. Over six days. Now, however, we have seen all of these estimates this summer not hit what the people were estimating outside of a few things. Like, Endgame was way low. Like, nobody expected that. 350-some-odd million domestic weekend. You said uh, Endgame was, oh, the projection. The projection was yeah. way lower. Like, not, you know. Right, right, right. I was just, you know, even us were like, it's going to break 300, and it came up. But there is some, uh, there's some history, some precedent Around the six-day Independence Day opener. 2004, Spider-Man 2 made $180 million the same time. Twilight Saga Eclipse, $176 million. Transformers Whoa. Dark Side of the Moon, $175 million. Ugh. So then the last time July 4th fell on a Thursday was in 2013. Despicable Me 2 had a six-day of $153. But, Jesus. The, but So this six-day is very important. Uh, so you know, and then the conservative estimates are one sixty five, one fifty four. I think July, you're in the clear. The beginning of like, July now, yeah, because yeah. June is all. I I've been saying this over and over again, but like the end of June is like not the greatest time to release a movie. So because there's so many people doing different things, and you know that's when school ends. That's when all these graduations happen and all this stuff happens. So. I think a lot of the teens and stuff that go to the movies are busy. So in June, you're going to get a, a, a dip. And if you look at categorically uh, the opens in, in the late June, you're going to see that it dips. July, the beginning of July is awesome for movies. So it should benefit from that. It should probably get like that billion that it wants. Uh, and it's probably going to do. What's the projections at 200 plus uh, opening weekend? 170 for a domestic. But it could so, be that some of the higher projections are almost at 200. So let me ask yeah. you this, Anthony, could this be could this be another billion dollar movie for Marvel? Oof. Is it possible for them to put out three billion dollar movies in a row? Oh, I'd have to look at the the, the, the precedent for this. 
But there is I mean, no precedent, really. No, I'm not precedent the past numbers, but I, I will say that I think it could hit 200 million. I think the the hype in terms of Endgame is yeah. still very there. high. Yeah, um, you're in see. summer. Yeah, you're in like, summer. You're, you're in like summer full swing, full effect summer. Like people are just doing nothing. But uh, waiting to do something. I think people are waiting for like the big summer blockbuster <laughs> movie. Yeah. Nothing but waiting to do or something. Saying, what do we yeah. do now? It's like, we got it's shit to do. Shit. We have, we're done. So the, okay, I got the numbers yeah. here. So there's been eight Marvel movies that have made billions, a billion. Yeah, that's amazing. But the last Civil War, two: Iron Man three, yeah. Captain Marvel, yeah. Age of Ultron, Avengers, Infinity War, Black Panther, and Endgame. But they have two in a row. Which uh, like what other studio? Has put out two, three back to back billion dollar movies. It could. I think it might eventually make it. I think it has to be really good. Yeah. I think if you have, like, uh, it depends. I think most people liked Homecoming. So I think it's going to do good just on that. What Homecoming did. Homecoming was 880. Oh, wow. It's possible. Wow. It's absolutely possible. I was was, was saying that, that Captain Marvel had this whole. And it's, it was a lot of hype, but it was this whole, like, this is a cultural moment sort of thing. Yeah, you have to yeah, watch this yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you support women. Yeah. yeah. Where, and then Endgame, Endgame is just Endgame. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, Far From Home has hype, but it doesn't have anything else, you know, around it. I mean, other I, than Endgame hype. Right. And I think they're banking on the fact that people want to see this post-Endgame MCU. And apparently the movie deals with it a lot. And I think it's in the bag because look, as a person who did not like Homecoming, yeah, like I think it's like all right, I'm still gonna watch his movie regardless because I love Spider Man and I'm just like gonna see a Spider Man movie whether I fucking hate it or not. I'm gonna fucking make myself watch it <laughs> for the podcast alone. I mean, but I, I mean, even if I didn't have a podcast, I'd still go watch it, Spider Man. So I mean, already so, I think like word of mouth and buzz is positive enough for this thing to hit that billion dollars, you know, pretty quickly. Like we've seen this summer, that's what's been killing movies. Eat. I think it'll, I think it'll get there like slowly though. It's not going to be like Black Panther where it just like fucking roars up a storm. Right, more maybe like Captain Marvel. It took it what like thirty, forty days to hit a yeah. billion. Uh, it when we were we were tracking that, and I think it will get there. Even Toy Story four, which I was sure could beat this franchise fatigue, kind of a little bit suffered from slightly underperforming it had it did better than all the other toy stories it did and still huge for an animated opening but they had predicted the domestic opening in the 140 to 165 million range well instead it comes in at around 120 million which is a good which opening, is huge but, yes but like uh the pedigree the history of toy story yes um it's like a huge property and it hasn't <laughs> there hasn't been a movie in years and uh, I don't know if there was enough marketing for Toy Story. The marketing I, was a little weird and sparse. Yeah, it was a little light on yeah, marketing. Yeah. So, but I also think it's the end of June, and I think all movies di- dipped, whether they're good or bad, at the end of June. I think Incredibles two opened higher. It, yeah, it and did. Toy Story um, three opened higher. Well, I mean, it had it. It didn't have a terrible opening. No, it no, just it was fine. Yeah, it was yeah. just fine. It was it, just it fine. I think, I mean, we did, we have seen a summer already where there's been movies that are big franchises that have been terrible, and we've seen one franchise do really well. Well, a couple. Yeah. But I think t- people were like, is Toy Story going to tank, or is it going to do really well? And it just did, you know, it did good. But it the reviews did, were good. Yes. That's the thing that yes. I don't get. Yeah. yeah. 
the reviews were great. So um, people were coming out of this movie and saying, oh, you have to see this movie. If you love toys, yeah. you're going to want to watch this movie because it's going to hit you in the balls. Wow, the Toy Story 4, only the third movie of 2019 to cross $100 million in its opening weekend after Avengers I mean, and Captain Marvel. Like you said earlier, it made more than Toy Story 3. Yeah, and this, yeah. you know, if we weren't surrounded by all this stuff about these yeah, franchises, think, if this would be like an amazing... This would be, be fine. Yeah, they'd be like, this is great. But nowadays, if it doesn't hit a number, everyone's like, oh, see? But no, this for this movie... Well, they were projecting it a lot. A lot higher. higher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it came in like about 20 million lower. Yeah. So, so I just thought it was interesting yeah. going by like the Godzilla yardstick right. where Godzilla was project- projected to do like 50 million yeah. and it came in at 49 and yeah. people were like, oh, it's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. But like if you want to measure them the same, but like, I think that's an unfair projection to go that high. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, the, thing, do I know? the thing about Godzilla, though, I don't want to talk about it too much because it makes me sad. <laughs> uh, oh. Is it made less than Kong Skull Island and yeah. Oh, yeah. Godzilla, it so, performed horribly. Yeah. But doing good overseas. Yeah. Overseas, uh, China's killing it. Again, the reviews for that didn't help uh, people. No, but I'm saying that was a poorly reviewed movie. Yes, this is yeah. like the uh, Toy That's Story yeah. came in 20 million under projection. And it was and great it had, reviews. And it had yeah. fucking great yeah. reviews. It's going to have, so that's like, have legs. That's a different story. I yeah. Think. yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to make of that. Right. Uh, but Disney always seems to uh, <laughs> come out shining no matter what I they think, do. I, I really think it's the end of June. You really I you, think you're June. sticking with this. People are doing shit in the summer theory. Yes, I think June is like the death day of God. And June was packed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. But I think I think it's people are just picking like a, like the the casual fan is picking three to four movies a year that they consider events and they're going to. Yeah, I think especially for June, I think people go out to the movies in June maybe once. In June, they're not going to go twice. They're not going to go because they have too much shit going on. So I think that you're you're more likely to get multiple views of things before like, or after people going to the movies like twice a month. Yeah, like maybe in July, definitely because people aren't doing anything. There's people just uh, there's a lot of people on vacation, and uh, you know there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of obligations going on. Speaking of June, maybe weddings, summer uh, blockbuster bombs, dark Phoenix uh, has been pulled from half of its theaters. Uh, they're not, they're like, no, we're done. Let's make some room. That's dismal. So that is really, really bad, really bad. But I mean, it's hard to even, how do you even like, how do you even feel? It's not even the word, like, sorry, but it's just like, well, this was a lame duck movie. It was a lame duck X-Men movie. Like like Disney, I mean, Disney put it out and they're just like, let's just get this over with. It was half-hearted at that. Yes, they begrudgingly half-hearted had to fucking release this movie. And Fox is just like, okay, well, we sold. So, you know, like we paid for it. We have it. If we don't pull it out, we'll make we won't make any money. We talked about in our review all the crazy situational things like it's the middle of the Fox Disney merger. And then, you know, these people don't want to do this anymore. And it's over. And you see this in the movie. So uh, they're like, we can write this off. We could try and recoup some of our investment. Let's just put it out. What they do with that new mutants movie. I have no idea after this. Like, they're probably like, fuck, what do we do now? Like we, this help does not help with this new mutant situation. Just put it out on Hulu. Who cares? Move on. They should have done that. They should have already done that. They still gonna to spend money to reshoot that thing. That's gonna be uh, just another waste. Just like they wasted 
tw- two budgets on Dark Phoenix reshooting the fucking thing. Listener, join the conversation. Let us know how excited you are for Spider-Man Far From Home. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It's closed, exclusive, just for you. It's on Facebook. And it's on Facebook, so Mark Zuckerberg will have all your information. He has it anyways. You're there anyways. Uh, join the Facebook group and uh, get to meet everybody else. Yeah, if you're on Facebook and you listen to this show and you're not on it, like, what are you doing? It's a great place get to be there. geeky and without judgment. Well, not without a lot of judgment. What are you waiting for? Just a little bit of judgment. <laughs> Visit our website for the link. There's also a link in the show notes. Uh, look. If you don't join, I'll kill you. Oh, don't no. you want to have an open forum to Anthony and his thoughts? Yes, you have direct <laughs> access. I, I would be right there just for that. Listen, you need recommendations on where to go to Las Vegas? Answer your man. You go write, write him in the group. He will hook you up. He, He'll he, give you girl advice. You he have, knows it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good love advice. Anthony, you've uh, you've helped out the listeners with uh, recommendations yeah, in Vegas. Braden yeah, did reach out to me for Vegas advice, and I told him where to go. We should put together like the Jock and Nerd Vegas experience package, and it's like oh, we'll hook up It'll with just a, be the jock vacation well, yeah it'll be everywhere yeah. anthony you don't want to go with him run no no but we'll brand it as jock and nerd and we'll sell this package and it's just everywhere anthony goes all the clubs how to get shit how to get in front get your drink before and everyone else by showing your abs at the door or whatever i don't know what you do there <laughs> yeah he has Show the your universal legs. ab card yeah i got that <laughs> it just gets him everything there's a velvet rope and anthony, i got six of these the guy's like all right come in you're good <laughs> Might as well have a girl there or a dude with amps. <laughs> oh, edit that in, <laughs> I will. I will edit in a cha-ching just for you, Rugs. Uh, but before Spider-Man gets my money, you know what's going to get my money before that is this Avengers Endgame uh, re-release. But Rugs, you are right. It's still in the fucking theaters. They're, I don't know how, how you can re-release something. You can't. That's it's all. And, and will it be confusing when you it's go It's releasing at tickets? the same time. It's I it's hope still release it. It's called they're calling it the Bring Back Edition. And I hope it is uh, d- uh identified differently in like the Fandango app so you know you buy tickets Yeah, how do you know I don't, you're getting a ticket to the one with the extra shit in it? I'm not Is it the sure. new one? Is it supposed to be on Friday? June 28th. Yes. Does it say Bring Back Edition? I don't know. We got some more details about what exactly this re-release could contain. Oh, it's not much. Could? Will it will. First of all, you get all right. a, you get a cool poster. This could be. Could be. No, this is confirmed. You get a poster. Is that not exciting enough oh. to move the needle? Oh. Of uh, the, I'd like a poster. An illustration of the gauntlet. I'll hang it in my toilet. <laughs> six, mi- six minutes of footage extra. Uh, what you're getting is you're going to get a new introduction by co-director Anthony Russo. On top of that, at the end, there will be an unfinished deleted scene that I heard is rumored to be about the Hulk. I'm not sure. Uh, and then there'll be a tribute to the late Stan Lee, as well as a sneak peek of Spider-Man Far From Home, which should be in the credits of Endgame. And the Far From Home thing may also be like a deleted scene that's not in the movie, which is another thing I saw somewhere. Uh, so that will add a total of six minutes. Ugh. Is that going to move the needle? No, it <laughs> makes me not want to see it. Now I really don't want to see it. No? Uh, I, think, I think it will... People will go out and see it. Oh, I'm fucking going to see it. I think people will see it anyway. I'm I'm debating. I honestly... I don't know if I am, but I'm debating. Guys, go see it. Go see the extended... And let me know how much you feel like you got ripped off. (laughs) And then we'll compare notes. Here's the thing. I don't even care about the extra shit. I kind of just want to see the movie again. Like, I haven't seen it since April. It was a fun time. And I I think about it. I'm like, oh, that was fucking great. So many great moments. I'm ready to see it again. And if it helps, top Avatar 
then so be it. Speaking of which, uh, it uh, it's already Avengers Endgame has made as much as the original Avatar Global Box Office at two point seven five billion. Oh shit! Dollars. It made it's made more than the Avatar official opening with the re-release. This thing. You mean I don't know what you mean by that. So uh, the original uh, Avatar theater opening before the re-release. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Was two point seven four nine billion. Oh, okay, I got you. Endgame is at two point seven five billion, but the final total is like two point eight eight billion for Avatar. So the movie needs to make about thirty eight billion dollars to match or top Avatar. I think it could do it. I don't know. What do you think? They're gonna do it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're gonna do whatever it takes. They're not gonna stop. Disney's not gonna stop. At this thirty-eight point three million, lose. no, Disney's like I'm not losing this. But now they're competing with their own movie. Now they got to make Avatar top Avengers Endgame when that one comes out. I just can't wait till Disney buys Imran. <laughs> oh, Disney! I'll look, Disney. If you want me to put a mouse ears in my beard, like if you want me to <laughs> shave my facial hair, and I'll do it. Just give me the money. Give me that Disney show money. Just imagine like people are owned by Disney. <laughs> like everyone you know. It's gonna happen soon. It's gonna happen. You've seen these these cats who love to go to Disney World as adults without kids. That they Disney owns their ass. They absolutely own them. Dude I don't know any of this. This, this dude at work went to Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars Park in California. Sounds fucking amazing. He bought one of those lightsabers and he brought it into work because I wanted to see it. It's like a two hundred and fifty. Did you play it? with his? Did you play with his saber? I played with his lightsaber. Yes. He bought then, it for you. No, no, for him while he was oh. at the park. And after you finished playing with the lightsaber, did you look at his toy? I did, and then I looked at the lightsaber, and then I looked at his toy. No, Anthony, there's like you go there and you buy these custom lightsabers. They're like two hundred bucks. They're heavy. They're metal. Yeah. It comes with a wow. Yeah, the whole plastic. Uh, it's like thick plastic. Uh, baton that lights up there's crystals you can buy that you put in there that changes the color of it and the sounds it makes and it weighs like a good eight pounds it felt I, hefty I've, I've heard good things about and the, it the Disney lights thing. up your basement in your mom's house really good <laughs> yes if you, if you need a nightlight yeah, yeah. Get this 200 dollars nightlight. <laughs> are they what is it called star wars galaxy galaxy's edge sounds what, amazing yeah. marvel is marvel doing they're gonna have a marvel well there's thing, a guardians right? of the galaxy thing out in california but eventually yes they're gonna they're definitely going to do a Marvel, be a Marvel wing. Yeah. Yes, a whole Marvel. So they're building. There's another one in 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 Florida, Galaxy's Edge. They, but you the the you get to fly a mission on the Millennium Falcon. I was asking them all these questions. I was like, this fucking sounds great, and it sounds really expensive. Also, so it's open oh, to yeah, the public Disney, now. Disney is very expensive. Yeah, like they recreated the Cantina from Star Wars, but apparently it's like two drinks minimum and like twenty minutes, and get the fuck out so we can get more people in. Which doesn't really sound like a lot of fun to hang out at a Star Wars bar, where you're just there it's, for twenty it's to minutes to take pictures. It really is, yeah. and the line out the door like you got to keep people fucking you gotta coming keep them in. moving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yes, I uh, someday. If I make enough money when I grow up, maybe I'll go there. Check it out. <laughs> uh, let me ask you guys this about the Endgame re-release. Does it hurt their chance of getting people in their seats when uh, the next de- just recently they announced the Blu-rays coming out and all the special uh, deleted scenes and bonus features? Uh, Is it stopping you, Emron? No. <laughs> August 13th. And you have your answer. Digital. You can download oh, it digitally yeah. July 30th. And people will buy that stuff. They want. Yeah. People like to own things. 
Yeah, but do you think they'll not go and see the re-release to be like, I'm just going to wait till this thing comes yeah, out I'm not on streaming and I can buy it? Mean, yeah, if you're smart, you probably won't. So one out of every three people will not buy it. So that's one. That's you. That's three of us. That's a lot no, of people. I'm not doing it. Yes, that's a I'm lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I bought Infinity War. I have that in my uh, digital collection. I will probably buy this. Neato. And I bought Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Because those are just great movies. That's on Netflix, by, by the way. So you can watch that on Netflix. Uh, last thing in the news. Uh, have you seen these Black Widow set photos? I normally don't like looking at set photos. because they I always, haven't looked at any of them. They look like shit. And I, I don't want to be spoiled. But this one particularly, people were posting it on The Nation. And it caught my eye. It's kind of funny. It features what maybe is the villain in his costume that looks like a low-rent Power Rangers character. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, wow. It looks like the bad guy from Power it Rangers. It does. What the fuck is this, Anthony? You're looking at this Power Rangers-looking motherfucker? I am looking at it. Whoa. Uh, there's two sets of links, with some with better photos, but the speculation is, is this Taskmaster? Which would be a bad idea. I love Taskmaster. Great villain. There's another set of shots where you see Scarlett Johansson in a van and she's like being chased by this guy in a tank, but he's got this fucking ridiculous blue Power Rangers outfit. I don't know what this is. He looks like a bad G.I. Joe character. Ew. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a set, you know. It's a set, set photo. photo. That's it's the a set photo. I, I remember looking at the at Shazam and having yeah. the reaction of, oh, that sucks. Yeah, it did and not on look screen, good. I, yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I hope they put him in his uh, skull face, though, somehow. Yeah, hopefully eventually, right? Dude, Taskmaster is such a great bad guy. Maybe him and Rita Repulsa will uh, get <laughs> Ivan Ooze out. His whole thing is that he can study your moves real quickly, right? You can't fight this guy because he right. will figure out your exact fighting style and know how to counter everything, and he can uh, adjust. So, and he, all you could do is, I would think how you would fight him is you have to be super unpredictable. And Wasn't do, that the, the plot of breaking two electric boogaloo? I think it was, Rux. <laughs> he copied our dance moves. He copied us. Let's get him, guys. Break out. Uh, I like that you've, you're thinking about how to beat him. How would you fight him? Because you just have to be <laughs> wacky as fuck. Like, you just start dancing. I feel like you would have a really good chance of beating you him. You can just do something that he can't do, like become the human torch. I'll just take my pants down and start taking a shit. It would throw him off, and then you jump him. Because then he would stop. I just think you shit. getting naked would stop him dead oh, in his tracks. Oh, that stops a lot of people dead in their tracks. Yeah. That's how you. If I was ever, I'm still <laughs> thinking about that. If I was ever in a bank robbery, I was a bank <laughs> and it was being robbed. I just start taking my clothes off. That's and the robbers would run up. Uh, Rugs, do you think about me naked often? I'm thinking about it now. Wow, I like that. I like that you think about now. <laughs> Rugs oh has God. seen me naked. That is a story for another episode. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. Play some promos, and we'll be right back to talk about some Batman right after this. Batman? Batman? No, he's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. It's not Batman. After these messages, we'll be right back. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement that's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick relief, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV. I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week. 
along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, guys. This is Venice, and I've got a message from a friend of mine about my favorite podcast. It's your boy, Flavor, Flav, and Full Effect. Check this out, everybody. I want y'all to go check out TJ. What's good, everybody? TJ Johnson here from Voice from the Underground. I am the most handsome. Big ass. And I'm smoking my cigar, of course. You know what I'm saying? The Josh. You pick me up in an Uber and a PT Cruiser, I'm calling Lyft. Because <laughs> <laughs> they be fighting the power, talking about social issues, politics, you know what I'm saying? And we're not even that good. Right, we're terrible. Terrible. Tangents <laughs> all over the place. And not only that, but they be keeping the fun with the sports, music, comics, and movies too. Am I allowed to I talk? Think, I think, no, not right now. Shut you up, just... colonizer! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You on Twitter at VFU Podcast. So you can find them, you can find them. So check one, two. This is Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy. Okay. What Flav was trying to say is, check out Voice from the Underground on your favorite podcast network. Voice from the Underground. Listener, you want bonus content? You've been enjoying the show and you want more show? Join our fan club. Jockinder.com slash Patreon gets you right there. Type that in. You'll be helping us out and you will get bonus exclusive content in the form of an extra RSS feed just for our fan club Patreon members that has uh, lots of post shows, instant reactions, whole movie reviews. All the shows come out early. Yeah. It's 12 bucks a year, you cheap bastard. At, the, at minimum, a dollar a month. And I know you fuckers have more change underneath you right now. You don't need that one coffee. It's overpriced anyways. Plus, you canceled HBO because Game of Thrones is over. Throw some of that this way. Uh, and you will get more entertainment, value entertainment. If we made you laugh, sign up to the fan club. Uh, Jockinerd.com slash Patreon. You guys, I want to talk about Batman. Here is our little audio clue. A couple of reasons. Earlier this year, in March, Batman officially turned 80 years old. Oh, shit. Like Batman, the actual character? The character of Batman is 80. This is the 80th anniversary. And they reward those 80 years of crime fighting in Gotham with a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Batman's getting his own star this year, along with Spike Lee, Julia Roberts, Chris Hemsworth, Mahershala Ali, and many more. That's kind of Godzilla. Godzilla has a star. That's right. He does. I think Batman should have gotten a, a star a lot earlier. I like that they give, uh, you know, not real people stars. Fictional, but he's not the first fictional person to get a star. The Simpsons, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, Shrek, they all have stars. So and, That's right. And POTUS has a star for whatever that's worth, but he does listen to the Jock and Nerd podcast. We know that for a fact now. Uh so if you're in Hollywood, you can visit the uh, Batman star. I think that's a lot of fun. But more importantly, this week, 1989, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, Batman turns 30 years old. Oh, shit. 
back when Batman was 50 years old. It was the 50th anniversary of Batman, and it was the summer of Batmania, which this, me as a 13-year-old nerd, remembers very, very vividly. Anthony, you were one year old. <laughs> what Do you remember the summer of 89? No. No. <laughs> well, how, sure he does. How old were you before you saw Batman 89? Oh, man. I might have seen... I don't remember what I saw first. This one or Batman uh, Returns. Oh, right, because all those would have been out. So, yeah, I probably I mean probably six or seven, eight, somewhere around there. That's a good age to see this movie. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I remember enjoying it a lot. You weren't scared of the Joker? No, the Joker didn't scare me. It was Batman Returns, the the penguin, when he bites the guy's nose. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, this is brutal. That w- oh, my God. Blood. That was even yeah. darker. And it's surprising that but 30 years ago, people thought it was like that was going to be dark and scary for kids. But really, Batman 89 is a very influential film. It can be you can track back a lot of the trends, a lot of Hollywood blockbuster shit going on now. To- it was a very different movie. What, what do you remember about the summer of Batmania 89, Ruggs? What do I remember? 89? Uh, I I think I uh, was riding my bike to the movie theater. Oh, okay. <laughs> and seeing all kinds of movies. Yeah. And I remember I went rode my bike to the theater with all my friends to see Batman. And uh, I think it was the first movie of its kind uh, when I saw it. Because I remember the only superhero movie that we had really was Superman. Yes, 10 years earlier. Christopher Reeves. Yeah. And I saw that mostly on TV and not in the theater. Yep. Yep. So to see something, a superhero movie in the theater, legit superhero movie that was done with this kind of like artistic uh, vision, it was just crazy. I mean, the first comic book movie before that was a thing. Uh, I mean, there was like fucking marketing and like merchandise and everybody was wearing those yellow bat symbols there was everywhere Uh, and so that's one of the influential things uh this movie did is uh the marketing of the film was was unique because i remember the gold the black batman logo on the gold uh oval this was the poster of the movie they didn't have to put any name on there. They didn't put any actors. You know, very different marketing. And it changed how people marketed movies moving on. You saw that more. But that fucking back. This was the first movie that I ever bought the art of book. Yes. From. Yes. This Did you buy that book? No, I bought this movie. Like, let me just tell you my history with this movie. I, like I said, I was 13. I just hardcore gotten into comic books at 12. I had followed the development of this movie. What It seemed like. For the whole year, I read the novel. I had the comic book adaptation. I bought the fucking trading cards. I had the knockoff Batman t-shirts and the cereal and the Bat logo. The billboards was everywhere. The first time a movie kind of relied on the uh, popularity of the character from the source material to sell the movie. They didn't have to explain anything. I just remember it was... I remember this like it was yesterday. I'm in my high school cafeteria yeah. because I went to high school very early. So um, I'm in my high school cra- cafeteria and someone comes up to me and says, Jim Belushi is Batman. <laughs> You're like, what? And I'm like, Jim Belushi? So people didn't even know Michael Keaton was a person. They just they completely had it wrong. And they're like, I just saw a commercial with Batman and Jim Belushi's Batman. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, that's not right. And I remember, um, 
Remember there used to be a magazine called Comic Scene Quarterly? Ah, uh, yes. So I used to buy that religiously, and it was like the first internet of, of comic books. It would tell you what movies were being made. They had this page in the back that would tell you what comic book movies were being made and what stage of production they were being in, and if any news of who was being cast. So I was following this whole movie in Comic Scene, Quarterly, Starlog, Fangoria, all those magazines, and... uh <laughs> I knew that it was Michael Keaton, but everybody thought it was John Belushi or Jim Belushi. Kind of looks like a Jim Belushi. Yeah, because they both got the receding hairlines and shit. So that was the one thing that sticks out of my mind is that like about like six or seven people during that time told me that it was Jim Belushi that is Batman. And I was like, what? Did someone's, yeah, they don't get it. Look, they don't understand what they're talking well, about. Well, look, first of all, the fact that like they started the trend of choosing kind of a uh, a non-drama actor, a weird choice for the lead. We've seen Marvel do that. Right. Uh, pick a high-profile celebrity. This is the first time you saw, like, real big movie names doing a comic book movie, like, sincerely. And the way Dark, uh, Nolan's Dark Knight makes Batman 89 seem campy at the time, that movie made the 60s Batman even more campy because that's really all we had. Think about the fact that Michael Keaton was the first guy to do Batman voice. Nobody had ever done that. Adam West didn't have Batman voice. And, no. and I believe Keaton himself was like, how would he protect his secret identity and started just talking at a lower register? That's carried on in, in the Batman movie traditions. Uh, Ruggs, what I think you said was interesting where you're like, it may not be the best Batman movie. And there may be others that are better. This is my favorite. But Anthony, do you think this movie still holds up or was it more of a cultural phenomenon because that's what was huge in 89 wasn't whether how good the movie was this was a cultural phenomenon everybody was talking about the whole summer it was amazing i mean i i haven't seen the full movie in a while a couple of yeah. years yeah but i mean i feel i still think it was pretty good i enjoyed the take a lot of it doesn't really make sense um, especially if you're a big Batman fan. Yes, there's a lot of what the fuck moments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not it, it's not Batman. Just like in a lot of ways, some of the Marvel movies are not the characters; True. they've been altered. Yeah, so it's like it, it, it's it's keeping with that whole thing. So that's why I don't really. It's not Batman, all right. It's not like the Batman that we know really, but it is very influential in the Batman that we know now because it, even though it's it influenced the comics, it influenced everything. So it started a new. Normal for Batman. Um, and for I comic remember, book movies, kind of. Yeah. Like, I remember reading Batman, yeah, right? Yeah. And this was like after The Dark Knight came out and after all this stuff. So I had this, uh, Neil Adams and all the, and, you know, uh, the death, the death of Robin and all that stuff was, I think, just around the corner or happening at the same time. So it was a very different Batman in the comic books. But when um, this movie came out, it changed like everything after it. Like the Batman the Animated Series had the same theme song, yep, yep. and the Art Deco, and the 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 film noir aspects. So all of that like theatrical shit had been added to Batman, whereas it wasn't there before. So even though this movie um, didn't stick to Batman strictly like it should have, like you know made the Joker his his the guy who killed his parents, like it was a lot of things out of canon, but. Um, it did add, it brought something to the table. So it didn't just like grab the IP and run with it and just fucking shit all over it. It actually brought something to the IP, uh, which now is kind of now 
people just think about the Batman voice. People think about the Batman yep, theme yep. and all that, and the, and the Batmobile. Yep. So all of those things, the way the Batcave looks, it's like it took it a step further than Adam West. And uh, a lot of people thought that that was Batman. For Adam West was Batman <laughs> for a long that, time. That yeah, like they, he was just like he a was fumbling detective. Yes, yes, that hung out with a young boy in his underwear. Yeah, um, and he was. <laughs> but uh, I think in the eighties, Frank Miller was like, "No, we're not doing that anymore. This is that, not in Batman." In nineteen eighty six, when Dark Knight came out, that was the start of it, where people started to see well, it seriously. Yeah, Batman Year One came yeah. out, and Neil Adams and. And, uh, you know, bring your rights and they did the cult. They did all of these dark stories to kind of bring Batman because Batman had like been on TV. Right. And, you know, basically what happens is the tail wags the dog. Yeah. So the TV show made Batman campy and bright blue and all these colors and all these campy things. So the comic books went that way because they helped that people would who read who watch the show would read the comics. So Batman went from being serious. He was a murderer. He would like kill people. Before that show came out. And then they kind of made it geared towards kids. And that was like the status quo for a while. So it was a reset to a darker Batman almost. The comic books got campy also. And then it took a long time for them to come out of that yeah. camp. Uh, like over a decade. Uh, so, you know, being that it's the 30th anniversary of this movie, a lot of interesting things have come out. Um, I remember people being disappointed. I went to, <laughs> and I love this movie, but I was 13. Roger Ebert gave it two stars. So it what you know, I remember a lot of, if I was older and I saw this, I may have also been like, uh, disappointed. Cause even when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, he can't turn his fucking head in this costume. The Joker didn't kill his parents. What are you doing? Oh, you just let Vicky Vale into the Batcave, Alfred. What the fuck is this? Like, I remember even right. then. And going, Batman was like yeah. this guy that was like barely 5'7". Yes. <laughs> he was tiny. Like, Vicky Vale towered over him. But Kim Basinger was hot. Jack Nicholson was great. Yes, and the Prince absolutely. soundtrack still to this day. Anthony, uh, you remember I sang the song to you in the office one day? I do remember this. It was horrifying. <laughs> Come on. It's Prince. I could do every line of the movie and the soundtrack. Bat dance where he's half Joker, half Batman dancing around. Uh, some great print stuff. Check this out. B the night before um, the movie comes out, Michael Keaton goes on, uh, is this Letterman? I think it's David Letterman. And kind of spoils the huge movie. Have a listen. So what, now what is the deal? He's obviously the Joker. Yeah. And you're, you're Batman. Yeah. And, and what happens? You, you, uh, what has he done to, to irritate you? Yeah, yeah, just well, generally, no. He uh, he is uh, he's enough. He I witnessed Batman. Bruce Wayne witnesses the uh, the murder of his parents when he's a kid. And the Joker had done that. Yeah, but he doesn't know it till later. I I'm see. Kind of blowing the plot here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like nobody's gonna oh, go wow. see it. Yeah, you hear that? <laughs> well, we right. well, now I'm screw that. It's Raiders of the Ark again or whatever. <laughs> Holy, Holy shit! You can hear the audience. The audience groaned. Wow. They like, oh no. I mean, that's a hell of a spoiler. Yeah, you would never be able to get away with that now. He fucking pulled a Tom Holland now. Back in the day, you know, there's no, nobody, you have to record this. If you missed it live, you would have missed it. But I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. He just gave away a big part of the movie. The groan from the audience is the funniest fucking That's thing. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> That's that. That's pretty funny. Also, screenwriter uh, Sam Ham, great name for a screenwriter. Yeah, he came out and said that there uh, they wanted there was a lot of people at Warner Brothers who wanted to cast it with an action star. They wanted to cast the part as Batman as opposed to casting it as Bruce Wayne. You have to make Bruce Wayne work because Batman is, for the most part, going to be a stunt guy 
or it's going to be somebody running around in a costume and long shot. You don't need the martial arts expertise of, say, Steven Seagal or somebody like that because you can fake all that kind of stuff. Seagal was one of the people that was suggested to us. Holy shit, I'm glad that they did not go. Can you imagine a Steven Seagal Bruce Wayne? Yeah, it would be terrible. Would he still have the long hair and the ponytail? I bet he would refuse to Probably. cut. Probably. That would have been god-awful. Oh, we dodged the big bullet. Mike Tchaikovsky also pointed out they considered Ray Liotta, which he would have been all right back then. 89 Ray Liotta, he could have done it. He's a good actor. Yeah. He can do anything. Anthony, I want to take Rugboy. I found a quiz. Batman 89 quiz. I need you to be the quiz master. What do I need to do? Click that link next to where it says Man, quiz. there's a lot of Batman. You really want to talk about Batman. Huh? I, I've always loved this fucking Batman <laughs> Anthony's 89. Anthony's on his phone right now. I've been on my phone. <laughs> That's why I'm involving Anthony. You're going to be the quiz master. We're going to do a quick Batman 89 quiz. I have not seen these questions. We're going to go Liar. back and forth between me and you, Rugs. There's, I know nothing about go, this. How are we going to go back and forth? There's you, only five questions. Okay, that's fine. Ask Ruggs right? first, then ask me, then ask him. Whatever. Get to uh, the quiz. At least you don't look at it, asshole. Who do I, are you guys just answering first? No, Ruggs will go first. In most, in most source materials, Joker fell into a vat of chemicals at Acme Chemicals. In Batman 1989, the company had a different name. What was it? I'll read you. Axis. There you go. <laughs> you didn't even need the choices. All right, All right. one point for Ruggs. Right, one point for Ruggs. Who was originally cast as Vicky Vale? Sean Young, Michelle Pfeiffer, Phoebe Cates, Morgan Fairchild. I believe it was Sean Young. You are correct. Well, shit. All right, one point for one the nerd. One. Rug boy, how does Bruce yeah. describe his life to Vicky? Confusing, complicated, complex, convoluted. Complex. You are correct. I thought it was complicated. It's, he says I'm complex. No. Oh, shit. Imran. Yeah. What country has Vicky Vale been taking Warzone photos oh. of? Kaz- I know this one. Kaznia, Santa Prisca, Corto Maltese. Corto Maltese. It's my question. Markovo, and it's, I know. Markovia. It's Corto Maltese. You got that right because Rugboy. I knew that if he would shut the fuck up for a second. You should have said it. I'm waiting for him to read the choices. Oh, I don't need the answers. There's multiple choices. Okay, Ruggs, you're up next. After it was announced that Michael Keaton was cast as Batman, how many letters were sent to Warner Brothers in protest? <laughs> Thousands. Well, here, 25,000, 50,000, 75,000, 100,000. 25,000. Wrong. 50,000. Uh, oh, I was oh, going to answer. I knew it. 50,000. Okay. So what yeah, do we you knew two, that two? Yes, 2-2. Two, two. Imran, yeah. what product are Gotham citizens not told to avoid? Nail polish? Oh, shit. Aftershave, shaving cream, baby powder. Nail polish? Not told to avoid. Wait. T- I know this one. Which products they're not told to avoid? Say them yep. again. Nail polish, aftershave, shaving cream, baby powder. Oh, shit. I'm going to say nail polish. You are wrong. Oh, no. Shaving cream. Oh, shit. Shaving cream wasn't on that list. I didn't know that one. Oh, fuck. All right. So we both have to get those. Yeah, still two to two. Rug Boy, in an early draft of the script, Robin was set to be introduced. What actor was offered the role before it was eventually cut? Ooh. Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Robert Downey Jr., Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez. You are wrong. Keeper Sutherland. Keeper oh, Sutherland shit. was going to be asked to play Robin. Robin? Yeah. 
He's such a wrong character. I don't know how old he would have been. Imran. Yeah. In an effort to force Jack Nicholson to take the role of the Joker, the role was offered to another actor who accepted. Later, they referred they had been used as a bargaining chip and refused to work with the studio for years. William Defoe, Tim Curry, Robin Williams, David Bowie. Robin Williams. You are correct. Yeah. So Robin Williams, uh, Nicholson said no. Robin Williams said yes. They went back to Nicholson. They go, Robin Williams is going to do this. Nicholson's like, oh, fuck that. I'm doing it. And Robin Williams was pissed and refused to do a movie. Uh, Imran is up 3-2. Yes, one two. question left. Oh, shit. Rugs. Rugs, who played the Joker's number one guy, Bob the Goon? Was it Mac McDonald? Oh, fuck. Carl Chase, Tracy Walter, Richard Strange? Oh, God, this is a hard one. That's a hard one. What was that again? Who played the Joker's number one guy, Bob the Goon? Remember Bob the Goon? Oh, okay. Mac McDonald, Carl Chase, Tracy Walter, Richard Strange. Richard Strange. It's wrong. Tracy oh, Walter. Ah, Imran, I had no idea what yeah, this guy Imran's already won, but we will do the last question. Okay. The 1966 Batmobile was famously built on the body of a Lincoln Futura car- concept car. What far more common car was the 1989 Batmobile chassis built on? Chevy Malibu, Chevy Cam- Camaro, Chevy Corvette, Chevy Impala. See, I was reading a lot about this movie this week. It's the Chevy Impala. Wrong. It's a Corvette. He's correct. Imran, you've been like studying this entire week. I didn't know what questions were going to be on this quiz, though. Okay. Uh, I had no idea that we were going to win this. Thing. Yeah, no, I, that's why I was going to spring, spring it on you. I'm doing a quiz. Yeah, and that was some of uh, some of the 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 things you may not know about this movie. Like Robin Williams was a, originally cast as the Joker. Uh, same thing with uh, what's his name, Billy D. Williams. It had a clause in his contract that he was going to be in the second movie and play Two Face, but then they bought his contract out and replaced him with Tommy Lee Jones. A uh, lot of shenanigans. Here's another little quick, great bit. The best line, the most iconic line of the movie. What are you? What's the answer, Ruggs? I'm Jason Bateman. I'm Jason Bateman. Um, Batman was a ad-libbed line by Michael Keaton. The original line, I am the knight. I I like Keaton's ad-lib way better. Uh, Batman. I'm Batman. Uh, the, of, of course, uh, the backlash... Uh, from Keaton getting cast, but also Mel Gibson considered uh, for the role, but he was doing Lethal Weapon 2 at the time. Ah, oh, he would have been good. Mel Gibson as Batman would have been crazy. I mean, he's hot off the, the Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, oh, yeah, he would have been great. Uh, the whole thing with, they gave Joker a name. I never liked that. Ah, the Batsuit. This is interesting. <laughs> he uh, Keaton... Could not hear anything through the thick rubber padding and couldn't move, obviously, as you see in the movie. And Michael Keaton also incredibly claustrophobic. And being in the suit made this worse. And he was like, I just used that. I used that to channel and go inward as Batman, being all uncomfortable. And like you said, Kiefer Sutherland, almost a Robin. Joe Chill is the guy who actually kills Bruce Wayne's parents, and I hated that they changed that. It also doesn't really make any sense. Age-wise. Age-wise, yes. yeah. Because he looks like he's 50 years old when he kills right. his parents. He, I was like, is the Joker 80 in this? <laughs> what? The yeah, fuck? he'd have to have been 70 or 80 years old. I hate when, the, I hate when they eat the force and, and shoehorn all this stuff together when it was fine the way it was. So the Batmobile, that last question, built on the chassis of a Chevy Impala. 
The lights come from a Ferrari. The headlights are from a Honda Civic. The sliding cockpit inspired by a Harrier jump jet. Uh, and uh, it's a fucking great design. I always <laughs> I love that car. Where he's like, get in the car. She's like, which one? And then it cuts to the car. It's great. I could do every movie. So look, this 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 movie still. I think it's influential in the, in the cultural event that is it was. Is this what you think of when you think of Batman, or is there something else that has replaced it? No, I still. This was like a huge, a huge moment for like me. The Batman. When you say Batman movie, and then the first thing that pops in your head is, I'm gonna watch Batman the movie. I'm gonna watch a Batman movie. This is the movie that pops in your head. If you're saying I'm going to watch ba- the movie Batman or a Batman movie, this is the movie. Yes, because it's the only one that's called Batman. Oh, shut. Yes, that's such a fucking cop out answer. You're but, the worst. I mean, because all the other ones are you. When you're telling you'd be, your friends, yeah. we're going to come over. Come over. We're going to watch a we're Batman, watch Batman. Movie. Batman. Which Batman? Batman. There's only one. Oh, you're no, I don't such know. a cop out answer. I love this movie. <laughs> I love this uh, movie. This is, uh, I love this movie. There's <laughs> another great article from uh, this dude from Forbes who he's arguing that Batman and not Star Wars or Jaws was the box office blockbuster that started the trend and kind of ruined Hollywood. Uh, and I can see a lot of his argument because after that, it was a huge thing. It was a huge deal. And you had people chasing it IPs. It changed my life. It did. Here's here's another funny story about this was uh, the uh, cruel irony of that summer. I was 13, waiting for this movie to come out. Comes out June 23rd. Now that summer, also, I went to London to England, Leeds, for the summer to spend the summer with my relatives in Leeds. I left here. I shit you not, like June 20th, like two days before the movie came out. I flew over there. I my returning ticket back. What's two days before the movie came out in London? Oh, shit. So uh, this movie that I had been patiently waiting for as a 13-year-old, I had to wait another three fucking months to come back to the U.S. to watch it later. In the meantime, my dad sends me a postcard while I'm in England. So he goes, saw Batman. That's ah, kind of disappointing. I was like, what the fuck, dad? Really? You're going to tell me this by a postcard, but it's also the summer I got into fucking old school uh, hip hop or it wasn't old school at the time. It was just hip hop. It was now it's old. School. Yes. Yeah. But I learned about they all rap back then. But dude, even there, the fucking billboards of the bad signals, the Prince music was everywhere. It was just I remember going to flea markets. There was knockoff Batman T-shirts everywhere. It was Batmania and I loved it. It's grown on me. Yeah. Even though when I watched it. My instant reaction was, well, th- it was more like a reaction to the artistic, um, like, route that they went. Yeah. Like, they went dark. I've never seen a Tim Burton movie. This was uh, his first big film. I mean, I've seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which the is last, a Tim Burton movie. That was the movie. only movie he had And done. that was an artistic thing, yeah, too. Yeah. So I really liked that. But I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of directors at that time. I wasn't really, like, into directors at that moment. And that would happen a few years later, but like, um, that's one of the things that started making me think about directors. Absolutely, it was the first instance of auteur director director with his vision completely over this whole thing. Gothic cathedrals, uh, the the sets were amazing. The costume was great. The art direction was great. Because I I retroactively found out that he directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure after I saw Batman, and I'm like, who the fuck is Tim Burton? And I talked to some dude that I knew that who knew about movies. Yeah, he did Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I'm like, oh, he did that movie. And then I connected the dots. Beetlejuice. Yep. yep oh, yep, okay. Yep. Then I started to care about directors yep. at that point. In time. Also, the movie has so many like it's really a movie about two freaks 
just trying to get by. And the, due to the fact that Nicholson and Keaton were both ad-libbing, there's so many wonderful, weird fucking moments that really don't make any sense. Jack Nicholson has so many lines that just come out of nowhere and really don't make any sense. But they're like, whatever. It's fucking Jack. Also, he got he made a deal with the movie studio. Smart guy. Back end points for the movie. Estimated back then, he walked away with $60 million for this movie, which is still oh, like the highest payout for one movie really? for an actor. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's a lot no of way. Six, really? Yeah, because who's getting $60 million for a movie no, but now? I'm saying he got $60 million. He got $60 million because Where did you see that? He, look it up. He made a deal to get points off like the, the toys and oh. uh, the royalty fees for the later. His likeness, maybe. And his likeness. And he was smart. He kind of did like a George Lucas thing. Where George Lucas was also like, oh, man. I will get points for the toys. That's and, tough for me to believe. I, 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 the production budget was $35 million. That's crazy. Yeah. So the fact that this, <laughs> but they made a lot of money uh, with, you know, all the extra stuff, toys and marketing and yeah. merchandise. But this movie was not made for a lot of money. $35 million makes $411 million worldwide in its whole, whole run. Now that's a big profit margin. Yes. That's huge. I can't believe this movie only cost $35 million. It's fucking crazy. But uh, I remember I, re- I recently read that the Jack Nicholson was smart. And, uh, I mean, there wasn't, let's be honest, the action scenes weren't the best. No, and that some, some of the people did criticize. That was some of the criticisms. It was cut. It was too up close, too cutty-cutty. You couldn't really see what was happening. And yeah, it was. Uh, but it was, you'd never seen fucking Batman fight people. The best Batman action sequence is in Batman versus Superman. It, uh, it really is. That's true. That, that is uh, top-notch. Even Nolan... That first movie, he's cutting the the. That's really dark. You can't no, really the, see the, the what's going on. The worst part of the Nolan movies is the action. It's all the action. Yeah, he's cutting away. It's too jump cutty. You can't really tell what's going on. It's dark. I, I wouldn't even go with that. It's just bad fight choreography. Oh, okay, okay. It's just run of the mill. Yeah, it's not it's like next level right. shit. Not like uh, the Batman warehouse scene from BVS. Yes, yeah, so that, no, that was that great. one scene is probably the best Batman. I mean, that that were that's where. Zack Snyder soars in, in like practical fighting. Yeah. Well, three hundred. Yeah. CG fighting, not so much, but practical Impactful fighting, is fighting good. where you feel it. Well, if he's using real people and he's using real stunts, yeah. He for some reason he's bound to, uh, you know, like real life. So he has to move the camera. Camera has to be in real places and stuff. When he goes CG, yeah, he he loses control of his vision. Because he's almost he's, got, he's, too, he's got he's, yeah he's got too much too possibility many toys to play with yeah, yeah it's too it's like I could go anywhere well he's he's good yeah. like if you watch three hundred yeah he, he's great because that's all real people on against the green screen he's I mean not I really like the action in watch, Watchmen is pretty good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> look you guys celebrate thirty years of Batman eighty nine watch the movie again but I I understand there's like a four K version that looks really good. One of my favorite films growing up, despite all its flaws. It's definitely and worth it's a influential. watch. Still, you can feel its influence. All right, let's get to some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> the little pop at the end. The pop at the end. They're like a lollipop in there. I like that. 
We got a lot of comments, guys, from our uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers review last episode. Yeah, Talking nerd. I, I'm surprised that uh, people reacted to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers still got a decent fan base. David Malofsky Lalo uh, comments. So after listening to this week's episode, I'm so tempted to raise my Patreon pledge just to make the boys watch the next Power Rangers movie. I already seen oh, it. Oh God, Turbo can't be any better than this fucking. That fucking I wouldn't mind seeing that. Really? Yeah. Have you seen it before, Anthony? No. You've never seen the second one. No. Oh boy. Well, Molovsky, uh, uh increase the ten bucks a month. Uh, you might do that. He says also 2017 Power Rangers film actually decent. Kind of like the Breakfast Club with superpowers. It's cheesy and aimed at kids, but like Rug said, it's a thousand times better than Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Of course, it's not hard to do. No. Mike Jerkowski. <laughs> From thevampirerobots.com knows a lot about Power Rangers. Uh, fun. That's interesting. Yeah, he knows a lot. He said, fun fact about the mm. original Power Rangers movie, Steve Wang. Wang? Whoa. Johnson? Steve Wang, who directed the two live-action Guyver movies. Which I've seen both. Yeah, and you've talked about those. And the fun B-movie Drive, starring Mark Dacasacos. Not, Which I've also not seen. Not the Ryan Gosling movie. Was slated to direct it. He intended to do stuff like wire work and ramp speeding photography, but Fox and Saban just wanted a cheap, quickie cash and movie before the popularity died down. If they had let him do what he wanted, he would have beat the Matrix on that stuff that made it famous by like four years. Oh, that's quite a statement wow, there, Mike. That is interesting. I don't know if I agree, but I mean, the guy does like these cheesy B movies, but I mean, it, it, it would be a B movie. With cool stuff in it. Well, the- I will. I will say uh, while we're just uh, yeah. interrupting the Power Rangers talk for yeah. a quick second, is a Mortal Kombat Annihilation still on our list? It is. So that movie might be worse than Power Rangers. No. Just, oh yeah. Oh, or it might be. It's going to be at least as bad. So. I don't know. I think I seen it recently, and it's it's bad, but nowhere near. You know as what? Bad. That's gonna yeah. be have to. That should be our next Patreon movie no, oh, review. It's so bad, so we could compare it to Mighty Morphin I, Power. I Rangers. think it should be just because. Then you should do. A, we should do a comparison at the end. John Campbell, Patreon supporter, John Campbell. His pick is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh Jesus! I, I think just so. Have, have you seen it, Imran? No. There is CGI in that one that yeah. I think is worse than the Power Rangers. Hey, how, what could be worse than those fucking purple ooze balls that were looked so bad? They didn't even the, try. Um, the animality stuff is really, really bad. Oh, God. Like the, the kills? No, no. They, they turn into animals oh. and fight Ugh. like animals. Hmm. It's, it's like bit level, like Microsoft 95. Oh, God. That's what, yeah. That's what the Power Rangers look like. All right. No, I, I think, think that's it. Yeah, so. That's a good one. did that come out? What time? What year did that? Uh, probably. Uh, what was Power Rangers? Uh, Nineteen ninety-five. So Mortal Kombat Annihilation was ninety-seven. Oh, two years later. Oh my god! And with worse CGI. Yeah. It was bad. Oh shit! I can't wait to review that one too. Uh, let's see the Rotten Tomatoes. It is well. I forgot what the Power Rangers was. We did that for Keith and Den Kinger, and we will do Mortal Kombat two percent. barely is a blip holy (laughs) shit the average rating 2.32 that is worse than mighty morphin power rangers i'm pretty sure the movie uh wow it'll it'll be fun oh god this is gonna be great i can't wait (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to watch it tonight. Th- that's another movie from my childhood, too. So We could ruin more childhoods, which I think we did with Blake Braden, who has the next series of comments. He says, couple points to add on to your Power Rangers review. Number one, I think they spent their entire production budget on the soundtrack and yes. the airplane jump scene. 100%. They had to pay for Red Hot Chili Peppers. That couldn't have been cheap. Uh, two, if I remember right, in the TV series, the Black Ranger was black and the Yellow Ranger was Asian. Yes. In the movie, the roles had switched and two different actors were portraying these roles. I believe that is also Do true. Do you know if the studio received flack for cultural insensitivity, which was the reason for the change in the Black and Yellow Ranger, or was this just by chance? I don't know for sure, but I would have to assume that was the case. I have a follow-up. Andre Perez, actually, I think he knows. He says there was a backlash over the casting, and the production team didn't even realize their mistake until after the controversy started. However, that's not why the red, black, and yellow ranger actors were changed. It was a pay dispute. The three wanted more money and were threatening to walk out during season two. Saban decided to replace them, believing it didn't matter who was wearing these costumes. And they didn't. As as a child, I did notice that they were different actors and actresses. Did it make you mad or confused? I was a little confused, and then I just rolled with it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, ah, oh, whatever. It's, yeah. These guys are rangers, so I yeah. could be a ranger. Yep. Uh, number three, Blake says, the only part of the Power Rangers series I remember fondly was the Green Ranger saga, and I remember most of the acting was dubbed horrifically. The Green Ranger saga was, was the best part. What was that? He was basically the the evil ranger. The, oh. He became, he became evil. It was the white ranger evil. Oh, shit. He was the green ranger, and he had his own... Zorg, I, I forgot what they were called. So he was good, and then he turned. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That'll, yeah. That'll blow my little mind. But then he get he came back. He came back. Oh. The, I believe the White Ranger. I believe that's how it went. He'll yeah. turn and back to hero. Yeah, oh, but he, he, I think he was introduced as a bad guy, oh, and then he became yeah, a yeah, good yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he had his own um, Zord. Yeah, that could fight with all the other ones combined. Speaking of yeah. the swords, Blake Braden, number four, dinosaurs are way cooler than the animals they gave them. Why make a Jurassic Park reference and take away all the dinosaurs? That's what we say. Sell more toys. <laughs> yes. I that's think that's definitely sells more toys. Number five, the ooze sounds when the minions were being attacked sounds like they, the editors found a fart sound and used it on repeat. <laughs> and then number six, he gives it a two out of ten. My childhood take a big hit today. Sorry, Blake. It was bad. What do you want to do? <laughs> so, uh, can admit regarding it. the dinosaurs, Andre Perez also has uh, uh, info on that. He says they switched from the original dinosaurs from Zayu Ranger to the Ninja Zords from Kaku Ranger as a means of advertising the upcoming third season, which replaced the Thunder Zords from Die Ranger. Of course, they kept changing the swords every season because <laughs> it was cheaper to use stock footage from the next Sentai series as opposed to paying Toei to make original footage. Huh. Wow, they're just like whatever they got left over. But like, did the Zord didn't look anything like like the new Zords? They were like CG. They weren't CG in the show. So I don't point. get that. Yes. Oh, the Zords in uh, the movies. Yes. Andre, explain that to us as well, please. I mean, yes. probably <laughs> they. There's no continuity. They just they're just the same animals, but they, the Zords look completely different. Uh, Joey Austin commented, by the way, I listened to the podcast. I couldn't help noticing as you guys were trashing the Power Rangers movie. You all seem to enjoy watching it all the same. LOL. We enjoy making fun of it. That's two different uh, things. And I enjoyed how bad it was. Like, I was like, I can't wait for this movie to be over. I enjoyed it originally. And I (laughs) was laughing at my enjoyment as an adult. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) I just enjoyed how 
unabashedly, unapologetically bad this thing I was. I was like, when can I turn this off? Yeah. <laughs> John Bellotti Jr. chiming in. He knows a lot about Sentai and Kaiju and things. He says, did you guys know that if it wasn't for the Japanese Spider-Man show in the 70s, there would be no Power Rangers? There is an interesting connection. He is right. In the 70s, Marvel and uh, Toei. How do you say the name of that? Co- yes, Toei. Toei. They reached an agreement where they could use each other's creative properties, whatever way they wanted, for three years. Right. So in the U.S., Marvel ends up using some of the Toei characters in the Shogun Warriors Shogun. series. Yes. Uh, while over in Japan, they had rough adaptations of Captain America, Tomb of the Dracula, but the most successful and the roughest it was Supida Man. Supida Man, the Japanese Spider Man who would not have fun quips like with Peter Parker, we know, but would say things like, I'm an emissary from hell. Yes. <laughs> he rode a motorcycle and he had a, a giant robot, Liam Leopardin. So Leopardin was uh, the first instance of a giant robot live action on the show. And then they did the thing where they would turn. Uh, the bad guys, Professor Monster, who's the bad guy, would turn him into giant uh, alien monsters for Leo Pardon to fight. Right. That eventually influences Super Sentai, which then eventually comes down to Power Rangers, which is it's kind of I don't know, kind of a neat connection. I don't. I mean, he's right. When did this show come out? Uh, so Super Sentai series has been running since 1970. No, I'm talking about the Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man in the 70s. I don't know when, probably mid, okay. l- late 70s. So. All right. Because Mazinger, yeah. as you know, it is a Transor Z. Oh. Was a giant robot that fought monsters. That, but that. And then before that, there was Gigantor. So Spider-Man so, came out in 1978. Yeah. So, uh, Mazinger Z was, uh, was out in comic books and I don't think it was a show yet, but like, uh. It was definitely out there, and Gigantor was out there. And I think there was, I don't know, Giant Robo was out there. But this is straight connection from the Toei company and their properties from, you know, uh, adding these giant robots and then seeing it in the thing. Or maybe they oh. influenced Spider-Man. Eh. I mean, I'm, it's definitely one of the things that brought it mainstream because it's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's a huge thing. <laughs> you know, it's Spider-Man. Yeah. And so, like, it, it, it's a it's a global thing. So, like, I mean, that that got carried over over here. The Shogun Warriors got put out in, in toys in the 70s. Yeah. I had one. Yeah. So I had a bunch of them. I had the Godzilla that came out with the set. That was my first Godzilla. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, this Supida Man, I've seen, I've watched some of the clips on YouTube, and the, the origin is completely different. There's, like, a arachnid-powered blood from aliens and shit. The giant robe of the TV series was on 1967. Yeah. And he was a giant robot that fought things. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like that. Johnny usually is right. Bloody no stuff. I, yeah, he does know stuff. But <laughs> I like that connection. It just was like, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, here, I'll give him the I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's blocked. Here's a great uh, <laughs> mini review of Brightburn. Remember that movie Brightburn came out? The evil spot. Yeah. Evil Superman. By, yeah, after uh, I have sex with a prostitute. That's, that's it's called bright. Oh, it's a bright burn. I burped in the middle of that and ruined the whole line. You did step on the line. This was uh, yeah. the James Gunn produced, right? Bright burn? 
No. Was it? I think he, yeah, he wrote it and produced it, I think. Yeah. Anyways, Brian Goff, seen the movie, gives us a quick review. He says, this is about a month late, but we did, did we discuss or have a spoiler thread for Brightburn? We do not, Brian. What'd you think? I just saw it the other day. One of the nation's thoughts. Overall, I liked it, but there was a lot to be desired. It is a pretty quick watch, right around 90 minutes, and has some great violence and gore, good cast, good acting, and it's interesting. What if Spider-Man was evil story, but... The first half kind of drugs. Superman, Superman. Oh, sorry. What if Superman was evil? Talk about Spider-Man. What if Superman was evil, but the first half kind of drags a bit? There's literally no explanation of where this kid came from or why he is hell-bent on destroying the world. The trailer showed probably the most cringeworthy scene, but there are plenty more to see. Seven out of ten. So I'll check it out when it comes on the fucking streaming. No interest in it. It'll yeah. wa- I'll watch it if it's on. I have no interest. I like kind of the what if uh, Superman was evil, but it doesn't. I don't know how deep it goes. So. It's not really Superman. No, it's just it's the kid like with some other thing, exploding. and it's just like just trying to tell a story that we all know that if Superman was evil, he'd fucking fuck he would everything kill up. everything. And uh, this kid probably fuck everything up too. Yeah. Uh, last- they made they made a movie. It was called Akira in the 1980s. Akira! It was basically the same. Yes, one day a live action one will be made. Last thing in the news: Michael Cherkowski. Uh, comments. So has anyone been watching people melting down on Twitter over Netflix losing the office in 2020? It's all solid gold comedy. Uh, so here we go. Streaming war. This is a, a, a shot in the streaming wars. This is what we've been, what I've been saying, the beginning of the exodus of shit from Netflix to uh, their own services so uh the office apparently most- why did you credit that just to yourself uh, b- well because uh i'm selfish and nobody else exists and <laughs> you everything were, you were literally like we and then you me. change it to we, i but uh, i remember as if you're the only guy that could have foresaw <laughs> seen this coming i've kept saying that they're gonna pull all their shit off netflix for their own streaming <laughs> services well we've all been continue we've all been seeing this first of all i think it's hilarious office the biggest stream show on Netflix, bigger than Friends. And oh, I was going to say Friends. Yes. Oh. Friends is number two. Office is number one, even though you can buy all the DVDs for like 50 bucks the whole season. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> very upset and troubled. And it's not going off until 2021. 2021? Yes. It's, it'll be on all next year. And they're pulling it to stream exclusively on NBC I- Universal's forthcoming service. I see it 2020 in the article. Well, 2020 is the last year through year Uh, 2020, 2021. It'll be out. But here's what happened. Same thing. Similar thing that happened to friends. Netflix pulls friends off. Everyone loses their shit. The Internet's all like, how dare you do this to us? And they pay a hundred million dollars for one year extension of licenses. This show is like a person's friend. It really is. And uh, because I don't watch friends. I don't watch reruns, really. Not really, like every once in a while, I'll just give something a spin for fun, yeah. but that's it. But the people who watch Friends on a constant loop or, or Seinfeld or The Office, like this is their friend. Yeah. It's always on it's always in there. the background. Yep, it's reliable. And they're just watching it and watching it and watching it every day. Like those people need the shit in their life. I mean, it's relatable office they humor. The yeah, Jim and Pam and Michael, Scott, uh, they're all lovable. But they're pulling it, and uh, it's funny because NBC, this is an NBC show. NBC Universal had to bid for their own show. There was an auction for the rights. NBC outbid everyone with an offer of $100 million a year for five years. $500 million. 
edging Netflix. Netflix is too rich for them. They're like, fuck it. We're going to make our own things. And uh, it's going to get pulled. Because they know that Netflix will go down without that stuff. Like, it's, I mean, it's taking away, like, one of their main draws, yeah, right? So Absolutely. However, Netflix has pivoted from their model so many times. This is the next evolution for them. And they're just trying to, like, cripple them a little bit. Everyone, you know, and uh, the other, all the other shows Netflix are going to get preparing. Pulled. Yes, they've definitely been preparing. I they've mean, been preparing with original content for a while now. Whether that's enough to keep who knows people, if it's enough? Yeah, yeah from uh, leaving. It's going to be interesting. The next three years are going to be crazy, and, and all this new shit. And hits. Apple. So these other places at least have IP. These other networks have IP that they've had old shows, content they can throw on that that they know people. Apple is going to be the most interesting thing because unlike Disney or Amazon, Apple has has to be all original and it has to be good. It has to be enough. I have no faith in I Apple I think the Apple all. service is going to be such a hard sell for them that's to make successful. Be, that's going to be – you're going to be overpaying for dog shit. I think so. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I've been saying dog shit a lot in this podcast. It's a great word. But this is actually the, the – this is the most apropos because – Whatever they rolled out was so underwhelming. Yeah. It was very underwhelming, yeah. yes. That uh, there's no way when Disney made its announcement, it was like it just put its huge cock on the table. It was That's like. That's how you do it. A gigantic, yeah. like, here you go. Like, there's no way you're going to beat this shit. So that's the big player that's going to happen. You know, Warner Brothers has that when they launch their own thing, they have uh, tons of IP. Here, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I can go over real quick the yeah. Apple stuff. Yeah. I just pulled it up. Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. Yeah. C, starring Jeff, Jason Momoa. Uh, Sesame Street. Oh, Sesame Street was on HBO. Now it's going to be on Apple, huh? Yeah. Little Voices, produced by J.J. Abrams. Okay. Uh, Little America, co-written by Camille Ninjani Camille, and yes. Emily V. Gordon. Uh, the Morning Show. Starring Jennifer Aniston and Weese Witherspoon. I believe Steve Carell is part of that, too. Oprah, including a documentary about mental health being made by Prince Henry. Um, yeah, some of this other stuff I don't really give a shit about. None of that really <laughs> gets me I mean, none of this, I really, care, none of this I really care about, but they're just relying on the fact that you'll recognize some names. That's going to be a tough An Ed Sheeran documentary. Ed Sheeran. Mm. Oh, An M. Night Shyamalan show. Woo. Is it called Split? Yeah. Glass? More glass? Know. Doesn't say. Glassless? Doesn't say. <laughs> Space is, drama called- from Star Trek veteran Ronald D. Moore. I don't oh, know. that's... Uh, yeah. I don't know about any of this. They have nothing. They got to build everything from scratch. Well, it's all, yeah, it's and all, it's it's all relying late, up, late in the game. It's all relying upon uh, names and, and creating new stuff. Here's something else interesting I learned in this. You have to take a lot of it on faith. Yeah, I, 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 I can't see myself paying for this. The Big Bang Theory never been available on streaming platform. Uh, it's owned by Warner's and TBS. So easily, you that's like a billion dollar uh, uh, book of shows right there. You know, whoever gets that, that's going to be huge. It's in syndication right now, but this war, this streaming war, is going to be so interesting. Uh, Rugs, I finally saw Russian Doll on Netflix. I really enjoyed that. It's good. I would recommend it. Natasha Leone, which I didn't know who she was. I guess she's from Orange is the New Black and other things. Yeah. She was in some uh, slums of 
Beverly, uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. Oh, that one. Like that. Anthony, the show's really fun. It's eight episodes. They're like 25-minute episodes. This crazy redhead chick. It's her birthday. She's at a party. She loves to smoke, drink. She hooks up with some dude, go home. She's crossing the street. She gets hit by a cab, dies, and boom, she's back at the party. Oh, shit. In the bathroom. It's Yeah, so basically it's gr- like a video game life. It's like hmm. Groundhog's it's Day like- meets video game. She has to figure out why shit keeps repeating. Yeah, she's in a loop, but she's very she loves to drink and smoke weed. And like there is a joint laced with cocaine and she tried to track that it's, down. It's kind of like an existential video game. That's the way I see it. Like you have a like she's she's playing this game. Basically, she's like it, and it and it's funny because she's a game developer. Oh, That's right. She's a coder in, in yeah. the show. So it, it doesn't ever get that literal. Yeah. But like the thing is, it, it's suggested. But like. She dies and she has to do the level over again. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Each time yeah, yeah. she has to find a different way around different things. And then it's kind of like almost like playing a role playing game or something of that nature, like Grand Theft Auto or something where like, if you go in here and you do this, you're going to get killed. Okay. If you go down the stairs, you go get killed. So it's, it's really interesting. She's great in the show. Great performance. And uh, there's a crazy twist towards the back half and it, it ends really satisfyingly. I believe it's getting a second season. But I don't know what you would do because I think they should have just stopped. No, here. how do you, the whole it's 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 a gimmick. It's not gimmicky, but obviously it's a gimmick. I don't know how you do another season where she dies again and comes back and she's no, doing it. You can't do another stop. season. It was you do it once and then that's it. Great fun watch, quick watch, uh, and kind of like sci-fi light, but also great great drama. Uh, uh, Russian I girls, enjoyed yeah, it. it was very fun. Good. Very good. All right, that's all I got this week. Anybody final thoughts, Anthony? What do you got? Uh, this week, nothing. I'm uh, four episodes into Jessica Jones. We will get there. We will. I will eventually get there. Um, I wasn't able to watch a ton on my flight because I just didn't feel like it. Um, but so far, it's not not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. We'll get there next week. We'll have hopefully uh, far from home. And I don't know when we'll get to Jessica Jones. At some point. Yeah, one one day we'll get to Jessica Jones. At some point, Rugs. Where can the people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy. <laughs> Uh, hit them up there. Find show notes for this episode, jockandnerd.com slash 281. We'll have links to everything we talked about, videos, images, links to our Instagram, our Twitter. And if you like the show, Lister, tell your friends, spread the geekery, get them hooked, uh, and they will thank you for all the dumb entertainment for free that they can now enjoy like you are enjoying. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. We'll